Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season four premiere of Supergirl titled American Alien. And since we have no news this week, uh, let's just get right into it, Morgan. This is the first uh, episode of season four. So season very- four, here we come. <laughs> yeah, so it's very <laughs> exciting to s- start talking about episodes again. Uh, so let's get to the official description of American Alien. Quote, diving back into reporting, Kara welcomes a new cub reporter to CatCo. Meanwhile, James and Lena argue about James's impending indictment for acting as the vigilante guardian, while Alex and Brainy struggle to get in sync at the DEO. Supergirl is called into action when remnants of the anti-alien terrorist organization Cadmus try to assassinate pro-alien leaders, but their in-game turns out to be much more sinister than she expected. John relishes his peace, peaceful new life, but an outing with his old friend causes him concern, unquote. I really wanted that to be like, John still has a terrible secret. <laughs> he does. To this day, we still don't know what it is. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> wow, that description had some really long sentences. Yeah, there were some tongue twisters in there. Ooh, okay, well, uh, that kind of sets us up for this conversation. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, Morgan, this episode was basically setting up the fact that in National City and in the greater United States, there is apparently this new anti-alien sentiment that is happening around the country. Uh, what are your thoughts about the introduction of Agent Liberty, uh, and, or if you want to talk about Mercy and Otis, and the, the, the growing uh, anti-alien sentiment that was discussed in the episode? First off, Mercy Graves the best. <laughs> I am a big fan. <laughs> uh, I thought she was so cool in this episode. Obviously, very evil, and I do not uh, condone her actions, but sure. also awesome. <laughs> uh, I was just, I was like, oh my god, we have so many cool, uh, cool evil uh, women villains in this episode because we also got um, our first love, Lillian Luther, oh, back. Oh, for this week. what a delight. What a delight. Always a delight. Uh, <laughs> man, I mean, uh, they're, st- they're starting season four outright by bringing back all of my faves <laughs> all at once. They're like, here's President Mars, uh, President Wonder Woman, and here's <laughs> Lillian Luther. And look at this new girl is crazy and awesome. And I was like, you know what? I'm in for it. I'm here for it. I'm happy about it. <laughs> I thought she was great. I thought Otis was really great, too, in that one moment where, like, Agent Liberty has some quote and he's like trying to figure it out <laughs> by like po- like pointing his finger in the air like wait what does that mean and I was like oh he's real dumb <laughs> <laughs> yeah Agent Liberty says let him who desires peace prepare for war and I think I think Otis was trying to figure out how that made sense yes oh that was so good it was because it was such a small moment and uh some stuff in this episode was admittedly a little heavy-handed so i appreciated that they were like listen we're gonna let you know he's dumb but we're not we don't have to spell it out like (laughs) like, he took a long time with that saying yeah um what i thought was really intriguing about mercy and otis by the way I, i liked mercy too uh her her i was so excited about her fight with alex oh that was so cool i was like yeah, that's awesome. Good to see Mercy Graves in action because we know that she uh, was the uh, head of security for Lex Luthor. So she is a fighter. She can handle herself. And I was actually glad that the show let Mercy Graves win that fight. I mean, she's like threw a bomb. So I guess that could be considered f- winning the fight. Although Alex... I feel like as a villain, 
uh, you win the fight anytime you win the fight. It doesn't matter how underhanded you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, and technically, Alex uh, defused the bomb with her new uh, gadget that she has, uh, some sort of electric bubble that uh, assumed the blast. But I just like that Alex's uh, gadgets that she, she uses get more and more elaborate as the show goes on. Like <laughs> She used to be really excited about that alien gun, and now she can defuse a bomb with electricity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe you could argue that Alex won that fight because she, she got rid of the bomb. But, uh, but I was glad that Mercy kind of handed it to her because I, I feel like at this point in the season, Mercy should have the, the one-up on on Alex in that in that regard, but uh, Otis I thought was uh, intriguing because Mercy mentioned something, uh, some incident that happened on their family vacation in 1996 when Otis needed to be <laughs> resuscitated, and I was like, "What is that about? I want to know that story." What kind of family vacations are they having? What were you doing? Um, <laughs> so I did like the introduction of of Mercy and Otis, although I was surprised by. You know, I think we kind of knew that Otis would be a little bit dumb, but he was pretty ruthless in what he was doing, especially to Dr. Bose. He cut off his his tusks and was really gruesome about it. Um, so I, I, I thought that uh, that they really showed him as, as a villain in that regard. He wasn't just kind of a dumb brute. He did, um, he seemed to be uh, someone who was dedicated to the cause enough to do something like that. So that was actually kind of scary. Yeah, he was a he was a little bit uh, a little bit off. He was like enjoying uh, torturing that poor alien scientist, and I was like, "Oh, that's uncool. You didn't you didn't need both of the tusks for, to get in." Also, you could have just taken his arm and like put the tusk in there. Yeah, I I think they just maybe did it because in a sick way they enjoyed it um but yeah it just the whole thing was was very tough to watch so yeah with the uh with the agent liberty and the anti-alien stuff um i was going into it a little bit trepidatious because we had talked about this i think in some of our summer season episodes about how when supergirl goes let's say topical (laughs) um there's often not a lot of let's say thought about the world that Supergirl takes place in put into it sometimes. Sometimes they're like, here's the point that we want to make. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't like make a whole lot of sense. And they're just like, shh, this is the point we want to make. And for, for some of it, I'll just like, you know, okay, Supergirl, I'm going to, I'm going to go along with it. Uh, But sometimes it can be a little bit tough to swallow. And so when I, when we heard about the fact that the whole season was going to be, a lot more, let's say again, topical. Uh, <laughs> I was worried, uh, <laughs> to put it mildly. Um, but actually, after watching the premiere, again, just this premiere, I don't know what's happening with the rest of the season, but I thought that the premiere was actually, uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And I thought that it worked in a way that I was surprised it did work. Because I think the idea that I'm getting, at least from this episode, is that Supergirl, first of all, we're sort of contrasting the fact that Supergirl always likes to see the best in people, but people aren't always great. Like, I thought it was interesting where she, when she sees sort of the online hate groups, uh, when she goes into that bunker or uh, empty warehouse, uh, which I thought was one of the best brainy lines in the whole episode. Where <laughs> would he's you like, believe? Would you believe? <laughs> 
it's an abandoned warehouse. I wouldn't, Brainy. <laughs> but uh, when she sees all of it and she hears it's like a like a soccer mom trying to put out a hit on an alien neighbor. And it's just sort of like the idea, I think, of like the banality of evil where people are capable of doing really hideous things um, to each other. And she's been mostly spending time with like these super villains like Queen Rhea or, you know, the, uh, the, the Kryptonians like Nan and stuff like that, where now she's has to fight this threat that is more, uh, more grounded, but also more insidious and harder to stamp out because it's, she's basically fighting hate so I thought that that was such an interesting idea. Like, how does Supergirl... We've seen Supergirl fight big, super-powered villains, and those are easy uh, easy stakes for her in some ways because it's easy to know who's right and who's wrong. But, like, what if she has to fight that so- that angry soccer mom? Like, what does she do about that? So I thought that that was an interesting moral quandary that they were sort of setting up for her. And especially because we see her early in the episode having like such a great Supergirl time and saving everybody and like everyone's cheering and things are great. And it's sort of this idea that like sometimes things are great for you and you think things are great for everyone, but that's not always the case. And so she really gets to see that from John's perspective when he's like, you know, I'm hanging out with these aliens and it's not been an easy time for them, but she like doesn't want to hear it. And I like that. I also liked the way that they sort of played the two of them off of each other because Supergirl can be, pretty stubborn especially when she's like having a happy time and she doesn't want anyone to harsh or chill which i get that's me too but uh i liked that she had to see things from a different perspective by the end of the episode yeah i i would agree that it is a a different take to to fight more of a a a human kind of villain instead of the super villains like you're talking about but she has faced some humans who have done some bad things like maxwell lord and morgan edge and our buddy Tico, who had a whole <laughs> Tico. had a whole cult dedicated to her, and brought <laughs> brought Kryptonian witches to Earth. That's very true, and I, and I do I do imagine that it's going to get more superhero-y because uh, Agent Liberty has like a weird mask and a and a a hand sword, which is not like a normal thing for a person. So <laughs> I think we're going to probably start out seeing her sort of like fight injustice. And then eventually she's going to be fighting that hand sword. Yeah. He, he does have the, the blades and his gauntlets like he does in the comics. So I was kind of like, well, if he's got those, I hope he's got that jetpack. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm holding out for that jetpack really hard. That would really make up a lot of things for me. But when, when, even when Kara says, and, and I agree, I think fighting, uh, almost anonymous people like she you know she won't be able to tell exactly who you know just regular everyday people um, you know who's who's uh, being a hateful bigot who wants to murder of a, a Florian uh, today man they really don't like those Florians either all of the things on the on the message board were about Florian well and and if you remember back in season two in the episode City of Lost Children uh, little boy Marcus that James um, sort of bonded with he was a Florian um, so I, I I don't know if if maybe he was one of the aliens they were talking about I hope not um, but that that's that that species of aliens that they were talking about but Kara says you know um, 
The people involved in it are like the people I save every day, a villain I know how to stop, but these people, and I just, as much as I understand that, I, I was also just like, does Kara not think that human beings can commit evil acts? Like, does she not, <laughs> does she not know that? Is this the first time that she's hearing about this? This is a brand new concept to her. You're just going to have to give her a minute. No, that's a good that's a good point. She works in news, Morgan. I know. And I think that one of one of my favorite episodes from the first season is that episode where she loses her powers and she talks down the robber. Right. Yeah. And so she has seen human evil before uh it's certainly not news to her that it's possible that people can be the worst. So you're right. That is, that was a little bit like, I mean, I get the Supergirl's like real, like happy, but like, it's a little Pollyanna for her. Like she's not, she's been here a while. She's been doing this a while. This is not season one anymore. Yeah. And, and the whole reason that she has those glasses, well, in, in addition to the fact that she's, you know, trying to keep her, her heat vision or no, her x-ray vision, I think it is at bay so that she's not constant, constantly looking at things in her x-ray vision, but it's mostly to hide her secret identity. And why is that? So that people don't come after her so that when she was a kid, she didn't get sent to some, you know, scientific thing where they were going to do experiments on her or whatever. Um, That's the whole reason she has the secret identities because people could do bad things to her. So I just was very confused about why Kara was all of a sudden, human beings are bad sometimes? What? What? You could just knock me over with a feather. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just brand new information. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to be honest with you, Morgan. I'm glad that you enjoyed the premiere. After the first time I watched this, I was literally uh, sick to my stomach. Like I watched it and it just, I felt ill. Um, and I think when I was trying to figure out why... Uh, I think it was because in watching this, there was a lot of heavy-handed stuff about, let's say, topical situations. <laughs> let's say they're topical. <laughs> let's go with <laughs> topical. Um, and it it was sort of, it seemed to me anyway, this is how I read it. Maybe other people feel differently or see it another way. That's perfectly valid. But when I watched it, I felt like it was saying a lot of bad things about America and uh, I'm a pretty patriotic American. I love the Constitution. I uh, watch the National Treasure movies a lot. <laughs> that's that's the best way to show your affection for America. It's like that, and like and just supporting Nicolas Cage. Yes, <laughs> you know <laughs> the best way to the most way the best way to be patriotic is to support Nicolas Cage in all of his endeavors. I mean, you should America. That's what that's all about. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I'm proud of where I come from, and it made me sick to my stomach, literally, to see Kara go from, yeah, there are some bad people in this country, but we've made a lot of progress, which is a very hopeful sentiment, to, well, I thought it was a great place, but half of the citizens are hateful, murdering bigots, so now I actually think it's pretty, it's a pretty terrible place. Like, that, that really bummed me out, and it made me ill uh if you're from the south people when they say uh you know when they're upset about something they're ill about it that's a that's a southern thing (laughs) if you don't know um so i'm gonna be honest it it felt right after i watched it and and this this got a little better upon rewatch and kind of taking notes but it felt anti-american to me and it did not sit well with me at all 
And I just, I didn't particularly, like, I understand what they were doing with Kara, where she was having to see a different perspective. But I also didn't like, and I think this is also because I can relate to Kara on this level. Like, she's very optimistic. She does try to see the best in all people in all situations. But just for me, to see her spirit get, get beaten down like that, it just... It 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 kind of broke me up. I did not like that. And I didn't like that she was basically told that her life, her experiences, and her view of the world, which is, I mean, she goes around and sees all of the world all of the time, apparently. Like, I thought she was just in National City. But sometimes, I guess, she just goes around and saves the world when Superman's <laughs> uh, visiting Argo. Um, so I, di- I didn't appreciate that people were telling her, like, hey... Uh, I know you have a perspective, but it doesn't really matter. And I think that hurt me personally because I've actually had people tell me that before. And that 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 was very hurtful. I'm going to be honest, just straight up front. This is a safe space for me. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've had people tell me that and it's really, really hurtful. And to see Kara go through that and it just, it really bummed me out and I didn't like it. But I did appreciate the fact that Kara, when Jean tells her, uh, you know, part of the reason why you're embraced as a hero is because you present as human, which is basically something he said, I think, in season one, where he talked about how um, people are okay with you because you look like a cheerleader. Um, so they've basically repeated that whole thing. Um, but I like that she kind of pushed back against that a little bit. I was really, because part of me was like, well, you tell him, Kara, tell him that that's not <laughs> right. And she did. She said, I'm embraced as a hero because I'm good at my job. And I really don't appreciate you questioning my judgment. And I was like, yeah, you tell him, <laughs> fight back at that. Um, because I, I think that there is something to say about the fact that Kara does see all kinds of people. She's interacting with people all the time. She interacts with the good and the bad. So, um, so I really didn't appreciate that people came came down especially jean came down hard on her but then he was like oh but you know uh you know car is an optimist so that's that's great i'm glad that she still has that optimistic you know hopeful view of of people and i was like yeah but you also kind of uh rejected her view of the world but (laughs) now you're gonna pay her a couple out (laughs) yeah so i was like i don't know but i think if i can get a little uh trying to be inspirational uh out out of this is that I think we should appreciate the people who are optimistic and who have hopeful views of the world because it is really, really, and I know this from experience, really difficult to be hopeful in this world, in this life right now. It is very, very hard to get up every day with a positive view of the world and uh, think things are going to be good and try to make a difference in the world. And I think if you put if you push those people down and say your perspective doesn't matter it doesn't matter your your experiences the people you interact with every day your relationships that doesn't matter that's going to make those people less hopeful it's going to make them feel sad and bummed out and they're going to give up on that optimistic perspective and so i think this is what i do and i would encourage people to do is embrace the optimistic people uh, encourage them um, because it is very very difficult so I, I had major issues with that because I just, it just, everything kept building 
on the fact that like it was bumming me out. It was like, oh, well, I guess <laughs> half of America are bigots and um, Kara's given up on the fact that America is a great place that's doing good things. And oh, well, Kara's life experiences don't matter. And I was just like, I think, oh. it's, like, I think it's so interesting, your, your perspective on that uh, conversation, because that was probably like maybe one of my favorite scenes in the episode. And I think it was because in my mind, neither of them were a hundred percent right and a hundred percent wrong when Cara and John were having that conversation. I thought it was a kind of an interesting way to sort of like dip a toe into the conversation about privilege, which is that yes, Cara is lauded and everybody loves her because she's Supergirl and she is good at her job. And, and that's, definitely true but it is true that she has certain privileges because she looks like a human and she doesn't have like you know tusks on her arms or whatever so they don't really have to get used to a new way of looking at aliens because supergirl looks a lot like you know um any other normal human being so i thought that that was an interesting perspective which is like he was being a little dismissive of her and her experiences because yes she's seen a lot of things but i also think that the perspective was that you can be and i'm hoping that maybe this is where they're going to get to in the season that you can be hopeful while also seeing that you know not everything is always good and like working to change that i think that Car was coming at it from a perspective of like, no, everything's fine. Things are really going very well. This is, that can't be what it is because, you know, because people like me and Jean was kind of trying to say, well, not things are going well for you, but that doesn't mean that they're going well for everyone. And I think that by the end of the episode, Cara kind of got to the point where I think she, it was very sad to see because she was in such a happy place in the beginning of the episode and just really feeling herself. <laughs> but I think I'm hoping that what, where, the, where they'll get to is that you can still have hope and optimism and still really believe in things while also seeing that they're imperfect and that you have to work to change them. Uh, let me let me ask you a question, just because I'm curious. This is, yeah. a, this is a genuine question. Yeah. Who has more of the privilege, the person who can't help the way they look, or the person who can change his look at any time at will? That's. I mean, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, John really can just do whatever he wants. Uh, I think he was sort of fighting it more from the corner of the other aliens that he was in that support group with, because clearly Jean can be and has been Supergirl at, at certain various <laughs> yeah, points. That's you know, true. <laughs> when he in, in, in a lot of awkward situations as Very well. Awkward. So, so John can really pick his poison, so to speak, and, and look like anyone he wants to look like. Uh, but not all, I think what he was saying is not all of the aliens can. And so Supergirl has, a little bit of a leg up, even though obviously she's she's working hard. She's saving those people from those trains and such. But uh, <laughs> but you know somebody who like the uh, like the scientist uh, alien who has just weird ears and some tusks on his arms really has to just deal with people reacting to him in a certain way. So I think that they both had like pretty valid perspectives on the issue, and I, I think that they both sort of saw each other's perspective. And I did like that, that John said that the thing that he loves most about Kara is her, her ability to see the best in people and to stay optimistic. 
I think that's a good point. They did seem to, by the end of the episode, sort of um, recognize each other's perspectives and encourage each other in that way. So in that, I did appreciate that. And I, I do hope that what I'm hoping about this season is because it is so heavy handed with the topical nature of the storyline. Um, and it's something I do not like. I, 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 we've talked about it before. They do it in such a way that it, there's no metaphor. There's no allegory. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it's our world basically is what it is. And I think that I have a problem with that because it's harder for me to get interested in the story. Like even after the premiere, I was like, Ugh, I don't want to go back and rewatch that because it's just so too on the nose. And it's funny because I'm not adverse to political material. One of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm going to call it a film because I think it's film status. It's nice. not It's not just a movie. It's just not popcorn, you know, go and enter- entertain yourself in a movie theater. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice is a it can be viewed as a political film but it also can be um viewed as from my perspective a christian film in terms of the the way that they present superman and some of the characters and the themes of redemption you can also view it as just a superman story where people in that world are having to deal with superman there are many layers upon which you can interpret the story but with supergirl it's just it is what it is. Yeah. And it's harder for me to get <laughs> invested in that. And it makes me not want to get invested with it because it's just, ugh. That was my concern going into this season. And I feel like the premiere, to me at least, for me, made me feel a little bit better about it. Because I feel like I could buy that there would be an anti-alien sentiment, um, you know, just based on the... Um, yearly uh, invasion oh i have i have so many alien questions that (laughs) That we'll get to to. happen we really need to get into our jeopardy uh what is what these aliens uh segment of the show because honestly uh, the world building on supergirl has been let's put it gently scattershot at best (laughs) Uh, they they think about doing some world building and then they're like what if the people just hung out at a bar at the end uh <laughs> which i love that the alien bar was the uh support group setting because of course it is yeah. there's only one place aliens go uh <laughs> but i thought that it did kind of make sense that there would be this uh this anti-alien sentiment we were reminded about cadmus which was uh very anti-alien in uh in season two and so it felt like the show was at least trying to build off of uh, storylines and themes that had already been existing. I was a little bit afraid that they were just going to go hard on, on like, this is uh, like this thing. And, and it wasn't going to tie into any previous show mythology. With that said, I'm, I'm sure it's gonna, it's gonna contradict itself. Probably next episode. I I have a feeling I know where it's going to contradict itself, but um, we'll get there because I I do have some alien questions I want to pose. Um, But to to wrap up this kind of, because we're going long on the anti-alien stuff. (laughs) Um, I mean, that was kind of the crux of the episode. So I feel like we're just, we're we're tackling the the hardest stuff. Yes, yes. We're We're getting real topical at the front. Pull (laughs) off the Band-Aid. But I think for me, I think I can at least give them the benefit of the doubt and go with whatever it is, even though it makes me uh, physically ill <laughs> to, to watch. 
Um, there was a line from Jean. Uh, he says, it's your optimism that will help save us, Kara. The beacon of hope who sets an example fighting for justice everywhere. A voice of unity and compassion that will inspire change. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, that that is going to be some kind of foreshadowing for Supergirl to be a figure of unity who will somehow be able to uh, bring these two sides together and maybe be able to uh, be a facilitator for them to both understand each other. Um, because going back to Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, because it's awesome and everyone should love it. And I know not everybody does. But the whole point of that film is that the the reason that Batman and Superman are fighting is because there's a misunderstanding. They don't understand each other's perspectives. So um, I would really love it if the 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 little ribbon tying on this season would be Supergirl being that figure of hope to to unite them. That would make it. Uh, worthwhile. It would uh, make uh, me feel a lot less uh, sick to my stomach. And and I feel like I feel (laughs) not that I know where it's going because who, whoever does, but, um, but I feel like that's probably what they're going to be working towards this season. I feel like it's, it most likely will get a little worse before it gets better on that front. But I think that, that it, it always does kind of come down to Kara and her hope and her optimism and her really her just belief in people and the goodness of people. And I feel like that's going to be tested this season. But I think ultimately we're going to see that shine through. Although I, I did laugh a lot when like Kara's like, OK, Jean, you got me like you're you're right. I saw all this bad stuff and like you're going to help me. Right. And he's like, nah, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, harsh, dude. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm, I'm dipping out of this one. Good luck. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. He's really taking his uh his uh, <laughs> uh fun employment seriously. He is taking that uh that promise that he made to his father very seriously, which I respect. I respect it. Um uh Carr is just gonna have to find another way to deal with it without having to rely on Jean, which I think would be a, a, a bit of growth for her character. I, I would actually uh, be in favor of that. Um, but now, now that I've kind of, after a rewatch, and I think sometimes for me, if I don't like an episode and then I dig into making notes for the podcast and I start to look at, you know, character beats and character arcs and if there are themes that pop up, it helps me digest it a little better and I don't get so like, err about it. So I think rewatching it helped. Um, but now that I'm at a place where I'm kind of over, uh, my initial, uh, disgust with the episode. Um, I did have a lot of questions about aliens in this universe. Yeah, let's get to this. Cause it's, I have many, I don't think they've <laughs> ever answered where all of these aliens came from. No, they certainly haven't <laughs> because in the first season, all the aliens that we saw were Fort Ross escapees. So they were all Let's just say not great. They were all convicted criminals. Yes. I who mean, went to prison. Fort Ross yes. was a prison. And a bad prison. Like, it, uh, Fort Ross was super max, basically. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're not going to want to go there. There's some bad people there. And yes. we've, we saw some of those Fort Ross escapees. Yeah. They had to be uh, captured by the DEO, whose entire existence is rounding up bad aliens. That's their that's their whole jam. That's what they are there for is to uh, capture bad aliens. So they know that there are bad aliens in the world in addition to the fact that there are Fort Ross escapees. Yeah. But 
start, I'd say starting in season two, suddenly there were, there were just like chill aliens that were like hanging out at the alien bar. And like, there was Brian, the alien, our favorite alien. <laughs> and sure, Brian was a scamp and he got into some, some situations. He assimilated. He wore suits. He drove a car. He maybe had a job. We don't know. We don't know his life. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Brian clearly was not a Fort Ross escapee unless he like, really worked on himself or something <laughs> but so we started to see these aliens like brian and lyra although she clearly had some anger she had some she, issues yeah but uh, they weren't evil like the aliens that we saw in season one but we were never there was never any explanation about where these aliens came from so president marsden it, she's from also an alien also an alien <laughs> Uh, which uh, I'm going to get to her her president uh, reveal status um, because that is something I've been um, asking about for a long time now since she was introduced and it fin- they finally uh, did something with that. Um, but President Marsden from the planet Durla, um, I assume that she's been around for a while because she went to college with Cat Grant. So she's been around for some time. Why did she show up here? Uh, some of these other aliens, ta- I think Fiona talked about how she escaped her home planet and she even left England because of, I guess, hate crimes that she was talking about that uh, she was trying to get away from those kinds of things. So wh- when did these aliens start coming here? Um, I, I, I don't n- know and I don't understand that. And then I also, one of my questions, because nobody really talked about this in the episode. All the time that they were talking about it, this anti-alien hate crime stuff, nobody brought up the fact that, or even just asked the question, why is there anti-alien hate? Why, why is that happening? Why is that going on? Why would humans have such an issue with aliens? They just made it, and maybe they're going to develop this uh, throughout the season to show both perspectives, but nobody seemed to question it like, to me, it was almost like they were saying, well, why would they ever do this? Because all aliens are perfect and, and angels, and they would never do something like this. And I just kept thinking, how many aliens have we seen who have tried to take over the world, who have tried to mind wipe people, who have tried to terraform the Earth? We've seen a lot of bad aliens do a lot of bad things. So if, <laughs> I guess my question is, are these all Fort Rise escapees? If they're not, where do they come from? And um, am I to assume that they are all saints? So uh, that those are those are kind of my big questions about aliens. <laughs> I, I feel like we're supposed to see aliens as like there are good aliens and there are bad aliens, and you can't paint all aliens with one brush because sure there are those ones that say try to terraform our Earth. Um, around May of every year. But then there are also the ones like Brian, that scamp that are just (laughs) trying to make ends meet, just trying to go to their nine to five and like sometimes make some like shady business deals on the side. So, (laughs) but we haven't, uh, I agree 100%. Like we haven't gotten any explanation about uh, where these aliens have all come from. Uh, The only thing that we've gotten in show is Fort Roz. And we can't assume I at least don't assume that they're all Fort Ross escapees. I mean, it, it was a big place. Where did they all come from? I don't know. <laughs> I just I just was laughing thinking about all of the seasons of the show. Like, 
first season ends with aliens trying to enslave uh, through their minds, <laughs> uh, you know, humanity. And then second season, the crossover episode was called Invasion. And it had the Dominators in there. And then the se- season two ends with the Daxamites trying to take over Earth. And then season three, of course, was Rain, the World Killers, and Kryptonian Witches who uh, came <laughs> and, came to Earth and did bad things. And then season three ends... And I'm, maybe this is a good time to talk about this, but ends with another Kara being created who, for all we know, is going to be a bad version of Kara doing bad things and has all of her powers. She's certainly um, punching things underground of train station, uh, train tracks. It seems like it's a bad idea. I mean, it doesn't seem like she's doing something positive, uh, but we, we don't know. I don't know that she's punching that just because she's like working on her fitness is not the impression <laughs> that I'm getting. So, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. I guess we shouldn't judge her. Uh, we shouldn't, we... we shouldn't judge obviously evil Kara until we get to know her. <laughs> I just, I just have this feeling that they're going to be like the first half of the season be like, Man, you should not hate aliens. They're all great. They're contributing to to society. And then we get to the second half and it's like, here's this other version of Kara who is a bad alien doing bad things. Who is also an alien. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if you if you look at it from the perspective of like human beings, though, there are some of us that are super great. And then there are That's some true. of us who are like... Ted Bundy uh, and <laughs> you can't you can't judge all people by Ted Bundy that That's would true. be unfair that would be He's unfair so creepy so <laughs> so I think that that's maybe the perspective that they're trying to go for again my guess is that it's going to be an imperfect metaphor uh, <laughs> just having uh, watched this show. But <laughs> I think that uh, I mean, I would just like some explanation about where they've all come from. Like, uh, were some of them like refugees or like were some of them like did their planet explode and they like came to Earth like, you know, Superman style or like we know the Fort Ross ones. We we know their story. What's everyone else's story? Because we had no idea until season two that there were just so many aliens on Earth. There are so many aliens. They had to pass an amnesty act to give all of these aliens (laughs) equal rights. That's how many aliens there are in the United States. Um, So, yeah, they just all of a sudden showed up. So I just... I've been asking questions about it forever, and it just it continues to bother me. Like the more they go into this this aliens equals immigrant thing, because I think like you were talking about, like they just they just put it in the story, and they don't bother to tell you where that thing come from. They're like, this is the metaphor that we that we're going that we want to hit. Um, maybe it's going to make sense on our show. Maybe it won't. <laughs> We're doing it anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's just never made sense I to just me. feel like the YOLO perspective of <laughs> some of the Supergirl writing is a little, gives me a little pause. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Maybe somebody has an answer to that. If, if you do have an idea about where these aliens yes, came from, please send it to us. Email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. Uh, open to perspectives because it's just it's been bothering me since season two and it just keeps continually getting worse um so let's briefly talk about president marsden we did get to see president wonder woman in this uh episode again um she uh tries to hold an alien summit and then agent liberty and his people well i guess it's not even was it just mercy was it was it it seemed like he was crediting mercy 
with what happens to President Marsden, where her her identity as as an alien is revealed to the public. Uh, so, what did you think about that? What, what do you think is going to happen to President Marsden? I don't know. I mean, I I think we've been waiting for that alien shoe to drop since they introduced that concept. So, I'm interested to see. Um, what they're going to do with that. And I'm especially interested because it seems like we're getting more President Wonder Woman, which is awesome. I don't know, like, what they gave Linda Carter to <laughs> tell her to... Usually she's just like, I'm just going to come up for premieres and uh, finales. <laughs> but they're like, could you come for the second episode? She was like, ah, yeah, sure, what not? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited to see more of her in the show. I think that's going to be really interesting. I feel like it's going to be uh, it's going to be very charged now that everyone knows that she's an alien. She kind of lied to everyone, which is not chill. Um, I feel like you should probably... Maybe just tell the uh, the electorate about yourself a little bit first. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Would you be upset if you voted for a presidential candidate? They got elected. They are now the leader of the free world. And they. Uh, it turns out that they lied to you, that they did not reveal to you that they were an alien. Uh, would, you, would you be upset about it? I See, that's a good question. Uh, I I don't know. I feel like I would be. <laughs> you I haven't experienced have some, that yet. I would have some concern. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but I mean, probably we're gonna get there. <laughs> <laughs> 2018 is terrible. Um, <laughs> I feel like I would have some real questions. I guess it would depend on how good a job that president was doing. Because if I was already mad at that president. And then it turned out that they had lied about being an alien. Boy, I'd be even more mad. Uh, (laughs) But if I thought that they were doing a good job, that I just might be like, hmm, that's weird. Uh, So (laughs) it might depend. I feel like it's probably not a great idea because it's definitely some form of lying. (laughs) Well, we've had presidents resign and uh, be impeached for we've way less, had some, way we've less. We've had some liars before in office. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I guess that wouldn't be new for uh, for us or for the world. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of leaders where you're like, they said what now? I'm sorry. <laughs> or they did what? So, I mean, alien feels like, I mean, in our time, in our timeline, feels a little tame maybe no no i'm i'm saying that the stuff we've had previously was tame compared to revealing tame that they're an alien. alien i mean that would be a big one i i feel like people would be um surprised <laughs> and a little taken aback <laughs> there's i did not have sexual relations with that woman there's that and then there's <laughs> Oh, by the way, I'm an alien and didn't tell anybody. That's oh, way I worse. To tell you guys that I was an alien, that does feel like it's on me. Oh, God. Well, I was thinking about President Marsden because I couldn't remember, uh, according to the Constitution, like, sh- could she even be president? And so I had to look it up because I-, I couldn't remember the exact requirements. So according to Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution, which is about the executive branch, Uh, It says, quote, no person except a natural born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States, unquote. So that means you have in order to be president, you have to be a natural born citizen to the United States 
to the United States, you have to be at least 35 years old, and you would have to have lived in the United States for at least 14 years. So because of that fact that Marsden is actually from Derla, she that that disqualifies her from being a candidate for president of the United States because she is not a natural born citizen and is uh, therefore illegally elected. The lying to the American people about being an alien and then passing legislation regarding aliens and then holding an alien summit, I feel is like misleading the public about your agenda. And that feels a little sketchy to me. That's true. That's true. I mean, and all of her alien-based decisions now are definitely going to come under some amount of scrutiny, let's say. (laughs) Yes, I would say so. So um, as, as much as I love... Linda Carter, and I enjoy seeing her on the show. I have some mixed feelings about President Marsden, and I'm really I'm glad this came to light because I feel like <laughs> lying to the American pe- the American people like this that's a big deal. You should maybe feel bad about that, President Marsden. I hope you do. Um, uh, so I hope that's not too harsh, but I just I feel very strongly about that. She should not have lied to the American public. I guess we should take it down to a, a more grounded. Uh, part of the episode, we got to meet a new CatCo employee who's just doing a job there at CatCo, doing whatever they do with the articles. Are they putting it <laughs> whatever, in magazines? Whatever it is that CatCo does. I like that they made it. They had made a reference to it being like a media empire. And I was like, could you get more specific? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you writing an article for the newspaper? Are you writing an article for the magazine? I don't. Are you doing it for the, the web? Do you have a web vertical? Is there a, <laughs> what is your business model? <laughs> and then I was offended on behalf of the National City Tribune because at the very beginning of the episode, they had a Daily Planet headline. And as much as I love the Daily Planet. I kind of feel like if you're having a National City shot, it should be related to CADCO. It should be a <laughs> National City Tribune thing. So um, I was a little offended on behalf of CADCO. Um, but we did get to meet a new cub reporter who showed up at CADCO being mentored by um, the uh, the old uh, veteran reporter, Cara Danvers. Um, so Morgan, what did you think about getting to meet Nia Null? I liked Nia Null. I thought I I really liked her introduction in the the elevator. It was like like Kara said, it was very season one. Kara just kind of babbling with like a coffee that she maybe accidentally got the wrong temperature on, and uh, I I really I liked that she was very eager to start and she had some good ideas, but. I, I liked that we sort of see her struggling to to vocalize them and struggling to be seen in this um, this new job that she like obviously won it so badly and really respects. And you know, there's James Olsen, who's very uh, famous slash infamous at the moment, and there's. <laughs> Car Danvers, who I I cannot imagine she's ever read a byline from because Car never shows up to work, <laughs> but but it made more sense to me. The mentor relationship, I will say, made more sense to me when it was revealed that like Nia had come straight from Cat Grant, who I'm assuming like really talked up Cara, like oh Car is so great and Car is like uh, is, is so smart, and and then Nia comes and she's like oh that's Ace Reporter Car Danvers because I feel like no one else would ever describe her that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and boy is Nia in for a, a surprise when she figures out that Kara just never shows up to work. She's going to be like, I'm here for my mentoring. Kara? Kara? 
<laughs> car is gone. So <laughs> I like, but I liked her introduction. I thought it was a good introduction to the character. I like how she's a little bit bumbling and a little bit unsure of herself. And I think it's a, it's a good setup for her for the rest of the season. To Kara's credit, she was at CatCo many times. She was, <laughs> she was in meetings. She was engaged. She was there. Uh, so I feel like she was putting in the time in this episode. She was. I couldn't believe how much she was actually at her job. <laughs> <laughs> she was earning that paycheck. She asked a, a very insightful question at a press conference. And even James was like, good job. I cannot believe you're here on assignment. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you came to do your job. I w- that was so unexpected. I, he was like, I mean, of course you were late, but, but you know, baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I actually really liked the introduction for Nia. I thought it was a, a great way to get into the character. I took to the character right away. Um, she won me over just by the fact that like, I think everybody, even, even as it relates to Kara, like, you can you can or at least I can I can relate to those first day jitters and trying to make a fir- good first impression and not being sure of your surroundings or who, who you're around like I can totally relate to that feeling of you know being nervous and all of that um so uh, I really liked the way they did that the only thing that I didn't like is that so when I'm watching the episode for the first time I see, I see what they're doing. Like I see that Nia kind of looks like Kara, that she's got the coffee that she's probably going to give it to Kara because she thinks that, you know, um, Kara might want coffee or whatever. And she's, she feels, she looks, she looks like Kara. She's kind of acting like Kara from season one. Got the same ponytail. And like, (laughs) I'm, I'm putting the pieces together in my head. I'm like, oh, I like what they're doing. This is, this is pretty cool. And then they flat out say, boy, you sure are acting like me. Wow, that you you look just like me, and I was like, "Can you please not hold hold my hand in the writing right here? I feel like you're holding my hand, and I don't need you to hold my hand here. I wanted to figure this out on my own. I wanted to get there by myself. I didn't need you to tell me what you were doing, <laughs> so I got a little uh frustrated with the writing there because i I felt like. It would have been more rewarding for me if I watched that and I put it together in my head by myself <laughs> that like this is what they're trying to do. Yeah, it, it's it's not subtext if you make it text. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a that's a that's a thing to remember. <laughs> it's a thing to consider. <laughs> I was just like, please, just let me figure that stuff out. You don't have to tell me that stuff. Listen, I am gonna get there. Trust me. <laughs> let me get there. Um, but I did like uh, Nia's whole speech about the fast r- fashion district and what she wanted to do with her story. I thought that was actually, you know, really great. I was a little bit bitter that we didn't get to see stuff like that with Kara, but I'll take it with Nia if that's <laughs> if that's when we're getting. It does feel like we jumped like maybe a season of Kara's character development and, and like workplace career moves, and now we're just seeing what we maybe should have seen from Kara uh, with Nia. So. I mean, I'm assuming she's going to show up to work occasionally, but if she's just like Kara, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> what if by like halfway through the season, Nia is just like showing up around 2 p.m.? <laughs> yeah, that may, maybe turns in an article, but we never see her working on it. 
Yeah, and then James is like, I knew I shouldn't have let her mentor that girl. <laughs> she just uh, she just uh, develops all of Kara's bad habits is what's going to happen. Um, and I and I did like the idea that they were sort of uh, using Kara to be in the cat position. I did like that. I liked that Kara said TikTok like the exactly. chop chop. I thought, but that- once but once again, they sure underlined it by having James walk out and be like, Hey, did you know that you're cat Grant? <laughs> Yes. And Cara was like, yes, I, I did not know that, but now I see it. I am like Cat Grant, and she is like me in season one. <laughs> and Mia's like, what is happening? Oh, yeah. It's, God, just let me get there on my own. Just like, we're, we're not that smart, but we're smart enough to have figured that one out. I think we can get there. We can get there. Um, but, yeah, I like the whole uh, speech that even Kara says to Nia about fear and you know if you're afraid to make waves you should make a tsunami like I thought that was great there was there was a whole bunch of stuff from Jean and President Marsden about fear and how I guess the theme is that uh, you can overcome fear by being brave or being courageous and so I liked that part of the episode that 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 there's actually a theme that runs through it so uh, I like seeing that through all the characters. Uh, so really quickly, let's let's hit some other character beats because uh, we got some new dynamics to get through. Um, Alex and Brainy, what did you think about that? I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I like their like little like contentious relationship, and I liked that uh, towards the end of the episode, she, Alex and Brainy both realized that she's sort of taking it out on him because he's not Win, and Win was uh, was her bro. And they were, well, her and Wynn had become good friends, even though obviously she has threatened Wynn quite a few times. Uh, so maybe threatening Brainy is just her way of showing her affection. It's just, yeah, it's just uh, how she loves people. It's exactly. Listen, accept her love. Uh, <laughs> but I, I liked that. Uh, I liked that they didn't get along, and that that scene with uh, Car and Alex, where they're eating all the Chinese food, and Alex is like, "I just cannot deal with Brainy." <laughs> I thought that was so hilarious because it just felt so real. That like the one coworker that you have, where you're like, "I cannot." with you today <laughs> like brainy is that for her and i just loved it <laughs> yeah i think that when it when i was bummed out about the anti-alien storyline the character interactions in this episode really uh it, it made it so much better for me when i was watching the episode the alex and brainy uh scenes were were great i thought and it was fun it was neat to see them trying to build a new dynamic between the two of them. And I think that you're right. That that scene between Cara and Alex was uh, a great way to do that because I think Alex needed to vent to somebody about how he'd been screwing up <laughs> and how they weren't getting along and they had to figure out what was going on. And I loved Brainy's uh, thought process of how he came to the conclusion of what was going wrong with him and how he, he was like, and I never win with you. So I thought I would be win. So <laughs> that actually made sense to me the way he kind of got us there. So uh, I thought that was a really cute scene that he had on the card again and he had the toy gun. Uh, so I really, really did like that. So I, I mean, I'm looking forward to more of Alex and Brainy in the future because um, I thought he was he was a good addition to the DEO. Um, he did a lot of cool uh uh, things, I guess, through his electronic capabilities. He unhooked the cuffs, the gravity cuffs that Supergirl was um, uh, 
caught in and he did a whole bunch of stuff to help find those um, anti-alien messages and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that that was really cool. So I liked all of that. Um, and so uh, let's talk about, I guess we could talk about Lena and James, but I also kind of want to talk about the uh, the other character that showed up in this episode that I did not expect. And it made me really giddy when she showed up. Uh, so let's, uh, if there, if you have any thoughts about the Lena and James thing, or if you also want to talk about, uh, Lily and Luther, uh, what are your thoughts? I almost exclusively want to talk about Lily and Luther. <laughs> uh, Lena and James, sure. They're, uh, they're still together. Let's get to the important <laughs> stuff. Lena, Lillian, Luther is in the house. Uh, oh my God. I was so excited to see her pop up. I was not expecting it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this uh, premiere just went up a level. Didn't it just like kick it up a notch when she showed up? I was like, this got a million times better. Listen, there's almost no one better than Lillian Luther or Brenda Strong. <laughs> Brenda Strong shows up in your show and you just like accept that greatness is about to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was really excited to see her pop up because obviously it's been a while since we've had a good Lillian Luther scene. And then the Lena and Lillian scenes in this episode were fantastic. I just thought that they were so fun. They obviously, those two actresses love working together so much. Uh, you can tell. And the the chess scenes were so good. I think my favorite, my favorite part of the episode was the very end where Lillian Luther is at, in jail and she's like watching the TV and she sees that James isn't going to get a, a, indicted. And then she sees that all the information that she just gave <laughs> Lena is leading to another indictment. And she's like, that's my girl. Double crossed me. And she's <laughs> the, the look of just like motherly pride she's on her so face. Proud. So proud. And I was like, that's my Lillian Luther. That's my Lena Luther. <laughs> just really bringing it. My favorite part of the introduction of Lillian to this episode is that uh, Supergirl goes to the prison to get information from Lillian. And so it's like the perspective is it, like he, like the camera is Supergirl's perspective and she sees Lily and she's like, what? And then the camera pans to the right and it's Lena sitting there and she's like, what? <laughs> it just cracked me up. She like comes so into the scene and she's so shocked by all of the Luthers in there. It just made me laugh. That was hilarious. And she was like, what are you doing here? And Lena was like, it is my mom. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, first off, I'm doing something shady. We can all acknowledge that. But secondly, <laughs> you know, it's it's my mom's. <laughs> Got to visit sometime. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think the the plan from Lena was really smart in order to get that leverage for the DA uh, to let James off the hook. But I was also kind of disappointed that it seems like I mean, maybe maybe this is being interpreted the wrong way for me. But it seems like they've totally dropped the whole James guardian outing himself thing. Like, is it over? Yeah. So I think that I had a lot of questions. Obviously, there was a lot going on in this premiere. I feel like it probably didn't have room for um, how do I put this kind of like guardian nonsense. So <laughs> but I do feel like I hope that they do get to the Guardian nonsense because he did out himself to everyone. Everyone seems really laid back about the fact that the CEO of this company uh, fights crime <laughs> at night uh, in a in a super suit. I feel like that would be a bigger deal um, 
in reality. Uh, <laughs> so I hope that they get to uh, sort of address what the blowback, if anything, has been from that reveal. Because when the first time we see him, he's like just working a crowd. And then he's like leading a meeting. And there's like maybe a throwaway line about how he might be going to, uh, to jail. But, <laughs> you know. He, you know, keep on keeping on. He's got, he's got a, he's got to pay for that desk above his head. So, <laughs> speaking of the desk, they had a new Catco set. I know. Did they get rid of Cat's office with the monitors? I don't know. I'm concerned. First of all, because then. Where is he living? <laughs> My main concern is for James and his living situation. But yeah, I was a little thrown off by that too. I was like, is is this, why does this look different? What if he got really tired of underneath the desk and he was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to get a better desk. <laughs> and I'm going to make <laughs> this room so much better. He's just renovating, I think, to make uh, for a better I, I hope he, I think he's just hoping to get a better desk. There's going to be like a fixer upper style reveal <laughs> where they like pull, they like pull the picture away and like it, he's got like a like a two story desk. <laughs> <laughs> this is somewhere in there there's a pool in the back of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's like, "Listen, I've been renovating." <laughs> I'm I've I've flipped this desk. <laughs> Lena's just standing in the corner like so proud. She's like, he's been working on it so hard. <laughs> She's like, you know, I did gently suggest like what if you just lived in like a normal house, but like, you know what? This is what he is. This is who he is. <laughs> Oh, that makes this whole premiere worth it. Um, <laughs> just so good. Um, well, and before we stop talking about Lena, I, f- I just, I want your opinion. Uh, so Lena did have, did you notice her outfit when she goes to see uh, the, the DA? Um, because I, I wonder. Yes, the sleeves. I was wondering if you had an opinion <laughs> on the sleeves. And now. Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? So I have so so many opinions on the sleeves. First of all, I was like, she's making power moves, but I can't see her clavicles, so I don't know. <laughs> should I be agreeing with her power moves, or should I not be? She's wearing all black, so that seems like maybe something evil is going on. The lipstick is really bright. The brighter the lipstick, the more evil she's doing. Usually. <laughs> Maybe she's flipped her strategy now. Maybe it's cover the shoulders but go hard on the sleeves. That could be it because those sleeves. So I'm thinking that those sleeves, like, she could tuck some, like, evil things into them. <laughs> like, blackmail maybe could be in there those sleeves are like each level is a different level of blackmail she's like hold on wait and she just like pulls like a a fully formed like sword out of one of them (laughs) like maybe she's the one who will eventually fight agent liberty and she'll be like hold on i have some stuff literally (laughs) up my sleeves And then she just pulls out like a bazooka. Oh, man. If they don't do that now, Morgan, I'm going to be really disappointed. You have really set up my hopes. I have have set us up for disappointment. (sighs) Oh, man. Well, I I just I thought you might enjoy that because I I saw those sleeves and I was like, well, those sleeves 
so much was happening. She uh, she kind of looked like she was a like a Victorian witch. <laughs> I, I wasn't I wasn't sure what was happening, but I liked it. <laughs> This has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Um, well, yeah. So the Lillian and Lena stuff, I think probably w- those scenes were the highlight of my, of the episode for me. Oh yeah, those were those were my favorites. I, I didn't have to like have emotional like like an emotional reaction to those. It was just pure joy. I yes. was like, I don't have to think about this. This just makes me happy. I just, I just need more Luthers <laughs> in my life. It was very uh, fun for me to watch them. All right. Well, uh, so overall thoughts on uh, this episode, this season four premiere, American Alien. Uh, wh- what do you think as a whole? Uh, I thought it was, uh, it was better than I had expected it to be. Uh, I actually liked a lot of the things that they set up. I thought Nia's introduction was great. She seems really fun. Uh, I loved the Lena and Lillian stuff. That was uh, like an unexpected surprise. As was uh, getting so much of uh, President Wonder Woman in this one and. Uh, having her be like a major plot point, um, at least in this, like the first couple episodes, I would assume I thought was really cool. Cause it means we're going to get more Linda Carter, which is always welcome. And uh, I liked some of the things that they've been doing with the character beats, I think are interesting and I'm excited to see where they go to with them. I like seeing director Danvers and I liked seeing, um, her interact with Brainy and I, I liked, um, kind of getting a little bit of insight into what John's been up to. I still kind of don't know what she's going to, what he's going to be doing um, for the rest of the season. So he still feels like a little bit of his storyline is a little bit of a mystery to me. Oh, like a secret. Like almost like it's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I, I thought that they set up some, some good things. Obviously mercy graves is my new everything. Um, So we'll see how some of this stuff resolves. I feel like, it wasn't as heavy-handed as I expected it to be. It made some semblance of sense within the world, which is nice. Uh, it wasn't last season's gun control episode, which was my my biggest fear. Uh, so I I think that like if they continue on this trend, it could be it could uh, this stuff could really work out and be an interesting storyline for the season. And uh, obviously, I I can't wait to see Sam Witwer's actual face because it's lovely yes uh well i am the opposite of you it uh this this premiere was everything i was dreading uh but there are some things that i liked about it i liked nia i liked alex and brainy i loved the luthers together um so there are some things that uh i'm looking forward to seeing more of i mean the character stuff really held it together for me if it wasn't for those dynamics and those scenes and those introductions and um, the, like the Mercy and Otis stuff, th- those are what really saved this premiere for me. The The storyline and the heavy handedness of it, I just, ugh, I, I couldn't deal <laughs> with it. Maybe I'll be better now that I'm kind of over that hump. Uh, over, I'm over that hill. I know what I'm getting into now. Um, but yeah, so I think the character stuff really saved it me, uh, for me. And so it did get better upon rewatch. So I will give it that. 
Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about American Alien. So at Shop 23 said, a really great season four premiere. I loved all the action. I hope all the Cat Grant references mean we might get to see her this season. Nia was very sweet. Agent Liberty is super scary on so many levels. And I think uh, President Marsden had the best lines in this episode. Um at true underscore just underscore Brian said, good start. Agent Liberty is horrifying. They established that Superman is off world, so they won't ha- need have a need to explain his absence. And constitutionally, the president was at it and has to step down, even though her policies are awesome. I don't know. Does she, I mean, I guess, does she have to step down? I mean, I would go for impeachment. I would I be mean, like, impeachment probably, is on the table. She's probably going to have to nix in her way out of there. I, think. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's got a lot of options. I mean, she leave on your own a, terms. Yeah, she did a little bit of a fib. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I think she's going to have to deal with that. Uh, at Chris Fundalinski said, great start to this Supergirl new season. I love the opening scene with Supergirl flying around saving people. Always great to see Danvers sisters moments. And love seeing Linda Carter and Brenda Strong again. Um, at SL Fricky said, can Alex just adopt Brainy? I think that would be very bad for Alex. <laughs> um, she said, uh, uh, SL Fricky goes on to say, seems that would nip that whole story in the bud and provide some laughs. Also, no, Cara. Mackenzie had the better fashion pitch, not your little doppelganger. Oh, oh shots fired here. <laughs> what do you think, Rebecca? Did Mackenzie have the better pitch? You know, she was going for the obvious, I think. You know, she she played she played up her like I know all these famous people and I can I can do all, get all these interviews and I just kind of feel like she was going for the obvious hook into that situation. So I actually would back up Nia in this. Give me something fresh. Tell me a different story. Give me something new that I haven't heard before. So I actually I disagree. I don't know that Mackenzie had the better fashion pitch. I I think she had the I think well here's the thing, she had the better pitch because she spoke up. I think is what it is. I think uh, Nia would have had the better pitch if she had said something. But Mackenzie, she like glommed onto that situation. She said, here's my stuff. I'm not going to be afraid to talk about it. So, you know, I guess you snooze, you lose. I guess that's how that works in that game. That's, I think, an important lesson for for all of us, but specifically for Nia. Like, you gotta you gotta pitch your your idea. I hope she goes for it next time. Make make that tsunami. Do it. At <laughs> uh, Luthvers said, perfect setup for the rest of the season. Love seeing Lillian again. Nicole did an amazing job as Nia. I'm really excited to see where they're taking this anti alien movement, but the tone has been set. Uh, at Bugle Planet said, John's assertion that Kara is more accepted because she presents as human would carry more weight if he didn't hide his true form. But, you know, special effects budgets. <laughs> uh, uh, a very good point. Uh, you know who else also hides their true form? Is Brainy now. So, uh, yeah. because they decided that those... Uh, that Kardashian contouring was just too expensive. <laughs> so uh, we don't get a lot of aliens looking like aliens because uh, Supergirl does not have that uh, alien <laughs> makeup budget. <laughs> and also, um, I'm confused about the personal image inducer. I thought that was something that Brainy came up with. Yeah, but now apparently Lena is uh, marketing that. I mean, did she steal that from Brainy? How did that happen? I don't know. That would be, a, I want the backstory of that because I feel like her stealing that from Brainy is amazingly in character. <laughs> <laughs> like stealing it from, being like, oh, hey, could you tell me more about this? And then just making her own version and like tweaking one little thing and being like, sorry, I copyrighted it. And also it is selling like hotcakes. <laughs> <laughs> also, she said it was funding her 
her research. Yes. What research is she doing? I don't. I have so many questions. I just really want this to be so much more Luther heavy than yeah. it always than it ever Can is. Can the show be more Luther centric? Could there be more Luthers? <laughs> <laughs> um, at the VH451 said, woohoo, great start to the new season. Question, Car still has a job at CatCo? <laughs> I can barely recall seeing her there last season. Glad Supergirl is back. <laughs> uh, at LOT underscore fans underscore mom said, I like that we're seeing Kara as a journalist again, but she's still so green herself as a reporter. So the idea of her mentoring an even greener one after a year of hardly doing any reporting felt wrong to this 30-year veteran of news. Oh, boy. I wonder. I'm sure that you, uh, LOT fans, mom, actually show up to your job. So <laughs> why are you ahead of the curve when it comes to <laughs> what we know of reporting from Supergirl? Really, I think uh, what Supergirl has taught me is that showing up is 90% of the battle. <laughs> 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 You're just really doing better than everyone else if you just work a full day. That is so true. Um, at Madtown Davidson said, I thought that was a really good premiere. I'm glad the show seems committed to giving getting Kara back into CatCo. I like Kara taking on a mentor role with Nia, even though it doesn't really make a ton of sense. How many articles has Kara written in the last few years? The only one I remember when she was actually doing a story was when she was looking into the T. Coville uh, yeah. the Tico cult. And I think that was like the fourth episode of season three. Oh God, that was so long ago. I and, think and, that's right. And God knows she dropped the ball on those Pelicans. Oof, yeah. We'll, she, ne- we'll we, never know what happened to we them. We'll never get that follow-up story. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Nia will do that. <laughs> Finally, um, at Patty Mello 20 said, this episode was better than the entire last season. We had Danvers sisters on the couch, Cara being Supergirl and not letting Oh, Car being Supergirl and not letting Car go sideways. No romance drama and interesting villains. Now Car trying to be a mentor when she hadn't worked at all last season was a little much. And we have an email from Joseph who writes, quote, My biggest takeaway from the episode is that this seems much more of a continuation from season two, more so than season three, as it deals with much of the same issues with politics and such. Just a quick side note, it's been a while, but was it ever explained what happened to Lyra? I know the illegal activity was wrapped up in that season, but was it ever established what happened to her afterward? Um, And I'm going to stop right there in your email, Joseph. Uh, The answer is no. We have no (laughs) idea what happened to Lyra. Uh, I guess she and Wynn broke up. I guess we're going to just have to assume that. And she's living her best life somewhere in National City. Uh, Joseph, uh, his email goes on to say, quote, the only issue I have with the episode is what I've had with the series overall, since I love the character and the actress who plays her, Lena Luther. Why has she not figured, uh, uh figured out Kara? Katie, Ma- Katie McGrath, uh, played some of the scenes in season three that acted like she knew, particularly that scene in the elevator. What Lena does with Lily in this episode just rubs that even in even more. She's a brilliant strategist, so please put that to good use, unquote. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know that it sort of seems like Lena doesn't know, and I guess there's going to still be that question of does she know, does she not know. Uh, but she is a really good chess player. She beat Lillian in this week's episode uh, in playing chess. So I'm just saying... She she can move around the board and uh, sneak up on people. So who knows what she knows? Uh, we also have an email from Danielle who writes, I loved the Grave siblings. They were so much fun, even though they are diabolically evil. I'm looking forward to seeing 
more of Mercy and Otis, as well as Agent Liberty, since we didn't get much of him this episode. Also, he has the spikes in his armor. All he needs is a jetpack, and his look will be complete. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all want that jetpack. Jetpack uh, is necessary. So necessary. Also, a Black K car tease. I flipped out when I saw that. How do y'all think this it, that is going to play out this season? Do you think she's going to be a season 4B villain, or just a more intense version of the Girl of Steel? would love to hear your thoughts yeah i think they teased it at the end of the premiere but i i have a feeling they're not going to come back to it till the second half of the season so uh that's kind of where i see that going um and just so that uh people if they want some more of danielle's email she wrote a really great uh email but it was kind of long we couldn't read it on the podcast but her full email is up on supergirlradio.com so you can go check that out to see more of her thoughts uh we also have an email from gina who writes quote melissa benoist is best when she exudes that optimism and hope that supergirl is supposed to represent so it's interesting that her optimism blinded her from what's really happening in the world in ways, it's kind of sad, and you want her to continue to have that rosy outlook, but at the same time, Jean needed to ground her on what he's seeing. I am still very wary about the theme of the season. I like the idea of surfacing up today's social climate, but the wariness comes from how this show has handled any sort of social commentary in the past. To have a whole season, or at least half a season, dedicated to it can go wrong really quickly with its heavy-handedness, and this episode showed it. Thankfully, it was no not Kansas uh, but there were definite scenes that were too on the nose for me. Um, there was something with Jean that he said, oh my gosh. So Jean, one of the things I thought was really funny about Jean in this episode in terms of like him uh, trying to get that different perspective out there, he says that he can feel a fresh wave of anti-alien sentiment. And I was like, why is he feeling anything? Can't he read people's minds? <laughs> Listen, the show doesn't always remember all of his powers. <laughs> they, You would think that they would write it down on like a post-it note and then like stick it to like a picture of him or something. But clearly uh, he, he is only a mind reader when they remember and they need it for the plot. Otherwise, Nah. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's not in the mood to go around reading people's minds because he's now in this this whole, you know, I want to be a... Uh, he's on his walkabout. He's on his walkabout. He wants to be a figure of peace. He's like, don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so maybe he doesn't want to... Uh, can we just do the entire podcast in John Locke quotes? Let's do it. We're going to do one Supergirl podcast at some point. It's all going to be lost references and everyone's going to be very confused. Except <laughs> us. We'll be very happy. It's going to happen. <laughs> just get ready for it. Um, but I guess Jean doesn't want to intrude on people's minds because of his, his newfound uh, calling. So I, I guess there is that. But I was just like, come on. He could, he could maybe further this along if he just kind of... Took a little sneak peek in there. Um, so we also have an email from Daryl who writes, the show really wants to make it seem like Kara has learned so much from being a reporter, but not show much of her as a reporter. She took some lessons from Snapper Carr. May he snap in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that wasn't in the email. I just needed to add it. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, but making him a cat grant replacement wasn't working for them, so now he's on a permanent sabbatical. Uh, in season three, her real job was used only sparingly, with Lena being the only one actually making her do the job that pays for her living expenses. I'm not even entirely sure how much she has really learned from Snapper. Catco has been pushed to the background over the last two seasons, and it's only now that Monel is gone that it's occurring to them to bring Catco back up front where it belongs. If Monel were still around, I really think we'd be seeing as much of Catco as we did last season. I don't know. I don't know if that's completely fair because when Monel was introduced, we saw a lot of him at Catco. Did he work at Catco? He he did, but he didn't really understand how job phone, he didn't Catco. understand how phones worked and all of that. I mean, he didn't understand how jobs worked, and if you think about who his mentor was, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> watch out, Nia! Just watch out. Uh, we have an email from Matt who writes, "Quote: I personally think Linda Carter would be a great president. I understand that her being an alien may rub the people of National City the wrong way." But aren't we overlooking the most important fact that to be president, you must have been born in the United States? To be clear, if President Marsden was born on U.S. soil, I'm cool with it. But if not, she's lying about being human and a citizen. Maybe her parents moved to Earth in the 50s and had her then. Maybe she grew up her entire life hiding she was an alien. I want to see that show, unquote. Uh, yeah, Matt, uh, it's, it does seem like uh, maybe President Marsden uh, will be stepping down. We did get a character description about the vice president that said he'd be stepping up in a big way. So that might be giving us a hint to the future of President Marsden. But may, hey, maybe uh, she did uh, grow up at some point. We know she went to college with cats, so she'd been around a while. But we do know that she was born on Durla, or at least she's from Durla. So uh, I don't know. We don't know that backstory, but maybe, uh, Matt, maybe you should write it. Maybe you should pitch that story. Maybe you should pitch that show, the backstory of President Marsden. Let's watch that spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, new Rachel wrote in saying, uh, I've been waiting to see what the Alex and Brainy team up would be like in Wynn's absence. And while it was certainly very awkward, the final scene with the two of them pointed to better things for their future. Although Brainy can't replace Wynn as much as he tries to literally fill his shoes, He's doing his best, and he's still another one of my favorite new additions. Jesse Rath is doing a great job, and his interactions with Kyler as Alex are as fun as we were promised. Plus, Alex's new hairdo is just fantastic. Yeah, and I think I'm going to also post new Rachel's full email to the website, supergirlradio.com, so if you want to read more of new Rachel's thoughts, because she always has some good ones. Always some good thoughts from new Rachel. Uh, we, we do love the Rachels on Super. We Radio. love all of our Rachels. All, all, of, <laughs> all of the Rachels everywhere. Um, and our last email comes in from Alex, who writes, quote, So Kara is surprised that people are still a little scared or even angry that aliens on Earth are are on earth even though number one three years ago a alien kryptonians led by Kara's <laughs> auntie our auntie uh tried to take over the planet uh number two two years ago aliens from daxon led by Kara's boyfriend's mother tried to take over the planet and number three <laughs> last year alien world killers tried to destroy the planet for an investigative report Reporter, car is a little slow on putting facts together, unquote. And that's why I thought it was so weird that nobody was talking about the why of the anti-alien sentiment. Like, they had all experienced those things. They were actively involved in stopping those horrible things from happening. It's like 
you guys, you were all there. you were all there. Why is all this a surprise to you? <laughs> why is it? Why is it a surprise? Um, so we have two voicemails from our listeners. The first one is from Mauricio. Season four is here, and I'm glad it's back. I'm glad to see Kara happy and all cheerful again. And the greatest thing happened. They use weaknesses besides kryptonite. So I love that they use supersonic curing to immobilize her. They use Barry's invention to depower her, and they blast her away. I was like, yes, this is what I wanted. But what are you guys' thoughts on Kryptonian weaknesses? Because I'm not the biggest comic nerd, but I just want to know if they ever emphasize anything besides kryptonite. But anyway, thanks. I can't wait to hear the next episode review. I personally really liked getting to see the gravity cuffs. I thought that was very clever. And uh, I also enjoyed not uh, having to see kryptonite all the time. I also thought it was pretty cool there at the end that Mercy somehow had a, a signal. Like she had the 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 wave, I guess, in order f- for Supergirl only to hear her. She had that connection to Supergirl that she could threaten Supergirl in that kind of audio wavelength, I guess. So, um, yeah, these these people... Mercy and Otis and Agent Liberty, they've thought through a lot of things, and they were ready for Supergirl when she came. Uh, so they, they have gotten their stuff together. So they are a real threat. And the second one is from Jordan. Hello, Supergirl Radio. This is Jordan Valdez calling in. Uh, first off, I just wanted to say uh, congratulations on 200 episodes. That was super fun listening to your uh, retrospective episode, sort of uh, commemorating that. So, uh, yes, big congratulations on that. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that I just watched the season four premiere tonight. I'm calling in uh, shortly after watching that, and wow, I was blown away by this premiere. I loved it. First off, seeing three Smallville alum in one episode, uh, that was that was pretty awesome. Uh, even though one of them, Sam Witwer, we didn't actually see his face in this episode yet, but uh, still uh, really, uh, really special. Um I love the interactions between both uh, Kara and Nia and Brainy and Alex. I thought both of those uh, duos interacting were uh, made for some pretty funny scenes. Um, Lena seems to have taken one step um, further into villainy, you know, doing a uh, bad deed with good intentions. I think that she's on a very similar trajectory to what Smallville took Lex on. And as a massive Smallville fan, that makes me happy to see the similarity there because I think Smallville did such a brilliant job with Lex's descent into villainy. Um, I love the nod to Bruno Mannheim. We got a nod to him on Earth-1 on Arrow last season. Getting a nod to him here on Supergirl uh, was pretty cool. If they wind up bringing him into the show, maybe doing some stuff with Inner Gang, maybe even Apocalypse, I mean, that would be that would be pretty cool. And then that final tease um, uh, with the other Kara, um, wow, uh, that that just has me very intrigued. So uh, yeah, super premiere to uh, Supergirl season four, and I'm eager to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, Klana forever. I will talk to y'all later. Bye bye. Bruno Mannheim. From what I know about him, is that he's associated with Inner Gang. And I would really like to see some inner gang stuff on the show, talking about, you know, human uh, villains and, and people kind of on a, a more grounded, basic human level. I think it would be cool to see Kara go up against inner gang and have to, to deal with kind of a underground criminal element. Uh, but I don't know if we'll, we'll ever get to see inner gang, but that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty neat. I was like, ooh, inner gang, maybe. 
maybe we'll show up at some point. Uh, well, before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgments sent in by our listeners. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. So the first one is from Daryl, who uh, asks the question, uh, since Nia will be involved in both aspects of Kara's life, do you think she'll find out Kara is Supergirl in the first or second half of the season? Uh, Morgan, Hmm. what are your thoughts? My guess is second half. I'm going to say first. I don't think it can happen too late. I think she's got to she's got to find out pretty quickly. Because I, I was thinking maybe she starts realizing she has powers, and then she's like, "Oh my god, should I tell somebody?" And then she's like, "Guess what? I have powers." And Kara's like, "Guess what? Me too." And then they like <laughs> high five, freeze frame high five, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, I would watch that episode. Um, all right, so we've made some predictions, some snap judgment <laughs> predictions. We'll see who gets it. Um, so we have the next three from Gina. Uh, the first one is a scene with Superman on Argo or win with the Legion. I'm going Superman on Argo because I feel like I feel like Superman can really get to the bottom of that gazebo situation. <laughs> get the status update on the gazebo. What is happening with the gazebo? We need to know if it's, they got it finished. It's my most pressing question from last year. <laughs> Th- Thara just invited. She was like, "Cal, come by and have have an afternoon with my gazebo. We'll we'll have uh, Kryptonian tea or whatever it is." Uh, yeah, that's totally happening. Um, I would say Lynn uh, win with the Legion. I would be into that, seeing what he's doing in the future. Uh, the second snap judgment from Gina uh, is Supergirl rescuing the snake in the tree, a la season one montage, or Supergirl getting the runaway balloon for the little girl, a la season four montage. Uh, which one? Uh, which one? I guess uh, do you prefer? I'm gonna go the runaway balloon. Uh, Morgan, I don't know if you caught this, but I think that that was an Easter egg, uh, homage to Superman Red Sun. I knew it seemed familiar. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a, a couple, there's a couple of panels where Superman does save, uh, like a, like a runaway kind of missile sort of thing that's on fire. And then, uh, he gives a balloon to a, a child. So I took that as an Easter egg to Red Sun. So that actually really made me happy. So I would also say Supergirl getting the runaway balloon for the little girl. All right. The third one and uh, most important snap judgment of the episode, Lena's dark blue slash black long sleeve chess playing outfit or her bright blue short sleeve chess playing outfit. <laughs> hmm. I mean, the long sleeve one, it's the it's the sleeve one, right? Um, it's, it's our it's our sleeves for all seasons, right? I, I think so. Let's go with it. I think so. I'm gonna go. Obviously, the long sleeve one because I feel like possibly she's hidden some chess pieces in there, and that's how she keeps winning. Oh, she's cheating. Yes, I think I, she might be cheating. I completely agree. Uh, I am also gonna go long sleeve chess playing outfit. No judgments on your snap judgments. Thank you for uh, sending those snap judgments in, Daryl and Gina. We really appreciate that. Great ones, as always. Great ones. Uh, That's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on American Alien. But if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. 
Uh, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And make sure to uh, write in and call uh, before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. That's usually the cut off to get everything prepped so uh, please do that and uh, when you want to send him feedback uh, you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram all at Supergirl Radio you can listen to us on Google Play iHeartRadio and on Spotify we have a playlist that includes music featured on the show so there was a new song in the premiere so that is up on our playlist now uh, we are listed on DC's fan page which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans and we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio so if you have some time we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you also like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, <laughs> and classic DC TV shows, just wanted to give Batwoman her due. She's new. Uh, <laughs> you can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. You know, I, I, I like the idea of that, but now I'm thinking every show should have its own unique thing i'm gonna put <laughs> that, that as a challenge that each that each title should have like get its own highlight <laughs> <one week. laughs> like next week is like i'm zombie <laughs> so uh, we should work on that we're, we're gonna workshop that don't worry we are gonna workshop that spice it up uh, for season four. Um, uh, just as a reminder, we have a Tee Public store. If you want some new merchandise uh, from all of your favorite DC TV shows, we have a Tee Public store where we put all of that together for you. Uh, so you can get a link to that at supergirlradio.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. And you can watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com slash DuckMilkProd. I am also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at JLUniverse.Podomatic.com. I think Sam is going to post uh, my chat with him soon uh, where we talk about the Lois and Martha scene from Justice League. You got You need to be subscribed. That one might get a little saucy. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so you might want to listen to it. So check out JLU podcast. And, uh, if you want to hear me attempt some voice acting, uh, you sub- you can subscribe to a sketch, po- uh, sketch comedy podcast called the Fakus. Highly recommend it. Not just for me. It's very well written. So you should check it out. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and and Instagram, I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. I'm also a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which will be coming uh, back from our uh, accidental hiatus because <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all got very busy uh, very soon uh, as the show comes back very soon. And uh, as always with Legends, it's going to be weird and you should uh, you should strap in for that (laughs) uh and then you should also check out the fakest because i uh did a couple of voices on there as well uh and that was quite the experience i am not a voice actor and it's a a thing i learned about myself (laughs) trying to throw my voice in various weird ways uh but the the show is actually very funny very weird pretty much everything that you uh everything that you come to the legends of tomorrow podcast for (laughs) (laughs) but with a just a weirder linear storyline i think yeah you never know what you can do with your voice unless you try to do it Uh, it's true 
Yeah, that is that is a good point. Um, well, I think that's going to do it for our uh, podcast episode on American Alien. Um, and just FYI, we've decided as a podcast that we we are no longer going to be doing spoiler sections, but kind of just so that we don't spoil ourselves. Yeah, I just want to go in fresh. And also, like, it's haunting me what John's secret is. And had we not done that spoiler section, I would have never known that he had one. Yeah, we we uh, would have read <laughs> that description and then been like, what, what, I thought it said that, it, yeah. The power and responsibility of those spoiler sections <laughs> were just too heavy for us. Yeah, so we're not going to be doing those in season four. So don't be expecting those at uh, the end of the episode. When you hear the theme music, that's it. We're finished. Um, so, uh, so RIP spoiler sections. <laughs> but until next time that we get together and talk, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Glennon. And as Alex advises, never charge without a plan. <laughs> <laughs>